Please turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We have been looking at spiritual warfare, and we're up to the fourth piece of armor that is given in verse 16. I'll begin reading in verse 10. It says, Finally, my brethren, remember again the Apostle Paul is writing here. He says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Stand therefore, having girded your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Notice all of those things are already on. And then it says in verse 16, Above all, taking the shield of faith, with which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Now we're going to stop there because that's what we are looking at, the shield of faith. This is the first of the three pieces of invincible armor that we are to take. Amen? And it says that we will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. We looked also last week at Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 33. Let me just read through those verses. Jesus says, Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Now, the reason, we, the reason why he says, do not worry, saying, because when we're worrying, we say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. We know what you're worrying about. <laughs> okay? And so does God. And he says here, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? These are all things that are just basic necessities. This isn't what chariot shall I drive? Okay, <laughs> Okay. what six-story house am I going to live in? Notice the things that he's saying not to worry about. And there are the things at the end of the day, if we had nothing else, these are the things that would concern us. You know, we need to eat, we need to dress. Are you all here? And he says, for after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your Heavenly Father knows you have need of these things. Your Heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. There's the faith part. Your Heavenly Father knows. You know, it'd be bad if He didn't know. Because we always go to Him complaining, saying, Do you know what I'm going through? Do you know what I have to put up with? Do you know? And He goes, oh, I had no idea. No. <laughs> That's not what happens. <laughs> Amen. Okay. And this is the reason why Jesus says, Your Heavenly Father does know. But here comes the twist. Here comes the, we didn't expect you to say this next. So we're worrying about all of these things. And He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Now that's really weird. Because when was the last time you went to a lawyer or you know, your doctor or whatever, and you said, I've got all these worries. When was the last time you heard them turn around and say, Seek first the kingdom of God. And he's right. No, they say, Pay me first. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> you know, they always start with, Okay, let's see what we can do. But isn't it interesting? Jesus didn't say, Go get a job. 
The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. Okay? Let me just be, the Bible does not condone laziness. Alright? So you do need to work. But I want you to notice the kind of work that God wants from you in order for Him to take care of you. The kind of work that God wants from you in order for Him to take care of you is to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. The reason being that it is through that avenue He can talk to you. If you are not seeking first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, then all the solutions He has for you are not going to come through because you can't hear Him. And no matter what problem you're dealing with, there are some things that only God can help you with. But if He doesn't have the vocabulary to communicate that across to you because you don't have it, then He can't. So you need to understand why the Bible says, or why Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and then these things will be added unto you. Okay? He's saying the reason you need to do that is because all the provision that He has for you is based on what you believe, on what you know, on what He can get across to you. If you don't know His Word, then you are going to continue worrying about things. You need to get a hold of this. This is really important. This is where the break is. This is why we don't use our shield of faith. Remember we are talking about a war shield. Okay, this is something that was designed by God to take a lot of hits and still keep you safe. Okay, and because it's His armor, it's invincible. There's no holes in the thing. The only hole is the one outside the armor when you jump out from behind the shield. <laughs> okay, He can't do much about that. If you jump out, you jumped out. That's you out there, not Him. Amen? So you need to understand that this shield only works based on what you know. Hence, seek first the kingdom of God. All of these worries can only come on you if you don't trust Him. If you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, if you study up on the Word, if you make your labor the Word of God, if you decide my promotion is going to come, not based on all the stuff I'm doing for everybody at work, but on how much time I'm praying, how much time I'm listening to the Word, how much time I'm setting my eyes, ears, and heart on God, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20 through 23. <laughs> okay, that's what that's all about. Alright? Based on that, that is what's going to determine how well you do at work. It's not that I'm saying you don't stay back at work to do the right thing, because remember, you're meant to be working for your boss as unto God. Some of you don't work for him as unto Satan. No. Okay. <laughs> He's the devil, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. Don't do that stuff. All right. Okay. They're paying you. Whatever it is, they're still paying you. All right. But the thing is that in that time that you're working, if you don't have communication from God, if you're not listening to God, then all your labors may be in vain. I'm not saying they are, but they may be. Because the devil likes to waste your time. One of the things that he'll do is get you working late doing nothing. When I say nothing, I don't mean you're not getting work done. At the end of the day, it means nothing. You have to be careful. You need to know the things that you need to do that are actually going to do something. 
Are you all here? Okay? So, you know, that's why they say, you know, work smarter, not harder. And to do that, you need God's wisdom. You need to know what, what things you need to do in order to work smarter so that what you're doing means more. We don't want to waste our life, do we? Can I get an amen? Okay? We don't want to waste our life. We want to do stuff that is meaningful, and we want to do stuff that is in God, that is according to His will, His plans, and His purposes for our life. And wherever you are, whatever you are doing, there is a good, acceptable, and perfect will. Good is when you're doing what's right, all right, but your productivity may not be the best. Acceptable is when your productivity is starting to go up. You're still working the same number of hours, but what you're doing and, and the things, the quality of your work is increasing. You can understand where perfect gets to. That's when you do everything that needs to be done before they ask you. That's perfect. Can we switch this around? Let's say you have a worker. And you had certain things that were concerning you. You didn't quite know how to get it done. You know, you tell them what you know you can tell them to do. But this one little worker, out of all of them, just seems to have insight into things and just goes ahead and does things that are exactly what you need to done, but you didn't even know how to ask them to do it. What would your response to that be? Perfect. You wouldn't say, good job, you'd go, oh, that's perfect, that's exactly what I needed. Get it? See the difference? That little worker needs to be you. You do that long enough, and what happened to Joseph happens to you. You get promoted. One day they just hand the keys of the company to you and say, I'm going on vacation, you can look after everything. You seem to instinctively know what needs to be done, do it. You know, I seem to be actually getting in the way. <laughs> of course, it will increase your pay, you know. <laughs> hey, it always comes with it. Well, to the sinner, it's coming to the just. Now, do you understand what Jesus means now when he says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? He isn't saying, Get all super spiritual and, and take days off so you can stay home and pray. And, and, and that's what you say to your boss when you get laid. Oh, I'm sorry, I got caught up in prayer. They'll fire you. Okay? You're meant to be praying all the time. Do you know what prayer is? Communication with God. You better be talking to God all the time. That is the only way that He can tell you what to do throughout the day at work. Don't leave Him at home and go to work. You know, that's dumb. That's like leaving your brain at home and going to work. Well, some people do, but you know. Don't you do that. <laughs> okay? Amen. You want to give your best. That only can happen with God there talking to you. What does this have to do with the shield of faith? This is what faith is all about. This is about trusting God in all things. Amen? That's why it says in Hebrews 10.38, Now the just shall live by faith. Not just once in a way exercise their faith. Now, let me talk to you about this as well. What does it mean to live by faith? We don't live by faith, generally speaking. We live by our head. I want you to think about this for a minute. See, even that, you need to think with your head. Okay? <laughs> All right? But I want you to think about this for a minute. Faith is a life that is guided by, and its central focus is believing God 
in and for everything. Okay? So that whatever you are doing in your life, if you are living by faith, then your heart is constantly active. See, when I sit on this chair, I'm going to sit on this chair. Oh, I should sit. This is quite good. No wonder you guys like to sit. No, anyway. (laughs) When I sit on that chair, in my head, I knew that chair was going to hold me up. Because I have natural knowledge of steel and plastic, and I know my weight doesn't exceed the chair. Did once, but now it's okay. Okay. (laughs) But the thing is that if this chair had a base that was floating, and it said on the side of the chair, based on your faith, you're going to float or fall. See, now my head isn't working anymore. Now I have to go, oh dear Jesus. Okay, all right, I believe, I receive. I believe, I receive. I believe, I receive. And as I'm sitting down, I'm believing, I'm receiving. Because otherwise I'm going to go right down. I won't be receiving, I'll be receding. Okay, and it'll just go right to the ground. And that'll be the end. And everybody go, oh, he doesn't have any faith. See, we don't have that. Because what's happened is we have got to a place where we are designing everything so that you don't use any faith at all. The design of this world is for you to be faithless. For you to be able to buy everything. And your security is in the ability to buy whatever you have need of so that you don't ever have to use faith. Jesus said you can't serve God and money. Now do you understand why? Because the one takes the place of the other. Now we, we, we have come to the place where we, if we want to go somewhere, we get in a car and go. What if I said that the only mode of transport is translation? You go trans what? <laughs> uh, that's like Philip. That's like Jesus. Oh brother, that's impossible. I know, right? That's the problem, isn't it? Because we can't believe. Because we have been trained to get in a car and drive somewhere. And then we're mad at God when we don't get somewhere quick enough. And God's looking down and going, yeah, that was not the method of transport I designed for you. You were to think it and be there. Some of you like to drive cars that almost do that, but then you get tickets for speeding. Okay? <laughs> okay? Again, you need to understand something. Everything we do has a reason behind it. The more faith I began to walk in, the more I started to believe for things. I'm not going to tell you what, because it will curl your hair. But I started to believe for things, and I also learned how to believe for things not only to come, but not to come. That's hard. We need to understand that a whole walk of faith is based on believing God. And as we study the Word, God will give us insights into things that will begin to make sense and begin to rationalize in a sense why He asks us to walk in faith. There is a rationale behind what He says. We just haven't got to the place where we understand everything that He says. So He says, take it by faith. Let me give you a bit of science that is going to help you on this. I will make it very simple, you'll get it. Okay? Do you know that now? You know how you can cut things? And you know, every time you halve something, you can halve it again. Have I lost anybody yet? 
Okay, so scientists believe that you could halve and halve and halve to infinity. Because every time you cut something, you can also cut it again. Because it's got length, so you can cut it again. Uh, except there's a small problem, there's an end. There is actually a limit to how small something can be. Now listen carefully, I'm going to give you the faith behind this. First I'll give you the science. There is a limit of how small something can be before it loses something called locality. Locality is that this pulpit has locality, it's here. I can feel it, you can see it. It's local, do you understand? But when it loses locality, listen to me, it's everywhere at once. It disappears. Now listen, listen. Jesus said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, He picked the itty bittiest seed you could think of. He says, just keep halving it till it disappears. Don't try to deal with the mess. Just start breaking it in bits. Just break it off. It says in the Bible, just keep chipping away at things. And that's the whole reason James talks about, you know, the biggest ship can be turned with a rudder. You turn the rudder, the ship doesn't do a U-turn. Okay? It slowly begins to turn. Have you noticed? So the rudder is just plowing water, and it's slowly starting to turn. As you start praying for things, it starts to... Just think of it in halves. You're halving it, and halving it, and halving it, and halving it. And at one point in time, it will disappear. Do you know at the end of the day, cancer is made up, at the end of the day, it's made up of atoms and, and atomic and subatomic particles. At the end of the day, that's what it is. It forms cells and everything else. But at the end of the day, you keep going back and that's all it is. Listen to me. Okay? So if you can understand that, that's all you're dealing with. See, we see cancer. <gasps> the way that all the little atoms have come together to form this particular cell that is now killing you. And we see cancer, and for us now, cancer is a big deal. It's the big C. Except you can keep cutting it until there's no C left. Do you hear what I'm trying to say? And if you look at it in those terms, this is why Jesus said, you just need to have faith in God. One day you'll figure it out, but right now just have faith. That if you lay hands on the sick, they will recover. Because something is happening, you're not increasing something, you're decreasing it. Amen. All you're doing is just slicing it at, you're just slicing away at it, and at, at some point in time, there will be nothing left. Do you know that the only reason I can slap you is because my atoms are hitting your atoms. <laughs> if you delocalize your atoms, my hand will go right through you. <laughs> See, uh, you know, I'm just saying this to you because we have been taught that what God has done and what science is finding out are two separate things. They're incompatible. The exact opposite is true. God made everything. We are now discovering how He made it. And we're beginning to understand why He said some of the things He said. And so while scientists are trying to disprove God's existence by denying some of the things that they're finding, by the way, Okay? They find it, but they just stick it under the carpet because of the implications behind it. Science is no longer objective. It is subjective. It is religious. I am sorry to say. And the best scientists today are actually the Christian scientists. Do you know why? And it's not Christian science like, you know, one of those weird things, okay? They're Christian scientists, okay? Uh, because 
they are now beginning to understand that there was purpose and there was design in everything that we see. And if it was designed, then we need to understand something that the person designed it knows all about it. And some of the greatest breakthroughs that are coming from Christians that are going off the Bible, not science, but off the Bible, and then discovering, okay God, let's assume you exist. Which he does, okay? Hebrews, okay? First thing you need to believe is that he exists. And that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. So, here's the reward. So they say, God, we know You exist. We know You made everything. How did You make it? (laughs) Okay? That's the person to ask. And God has been revealing things to people. Thank God, finally. He He had to use the world in the past to reveal things because... You know, all the Christians were so religious, they, could, they didn't have a brain in their head as far as science goes. It was like the devil. Okay? Thank God, somewhere along the way, we came back. You know, the sad thing was, scientists before were all godly people. They came up with their ideas because they believed in God. And some of the most crazy ideas in the past now are coming back. Let's leave it there. <laughs> I start, then we won't stop. I, I need to get through my shield of faith. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is this helping you? The reason I'm saying all of this is I don't want people to look at you as, oh, you're a Christian, you're dumb. You people are those faith people, right? I go, sweetheart, my faith is based on stuff you haven't even figured out yet. When you catch up to me, we'll talk. I'm not behind you, you're behind me. We know the guy that made it all and he's revealing it to us. I don't think you can handle it. Because if I were to tell you some of the things I know, it will prove to you that he exists. And there's a problem. You don't want to acknowledge his existence. Because then you got to get saved. (laughs) I don't know if I want this Jebus in my life. And his name is Jesus, not Jebus. No. (laughs) You all here? Amen? See, this is the place we need to be coming from. Moving on. Let's quickly look at Hebrews 11.6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Our whole life needs to be based on faith. Amen? The reason we need to have our life based on faith is we don't understand everything yet. That's the problem. So, while we don't understand something and God says that's possible, just believe it is possible. Isn't it interesting that when you believe something, God has put a quality on the inside of you, that if you were just to believe it, even though you don't understand it, if you were just to believe it, something in you activates whatever it is that is needed in order for the thing to work. I think we are going to be incredibly surprised somewhere down the line when we can actually measure faith on some kind of a meter. Alright? And we're going to see the little meter go up as you start believing. And boom! Comes a pair of socks. And you believe some more. And ta-da! There's a chair. And you believe, and, and so we'll start marking off our meters. Socks, chairs, cupboards, and whatever. The Bible talks about weak faith, strong faith. Faith that is shipwrecked. Hello, it's got a meter. I need you to see this in terms of, remember this is a shield that we're talking about. It is something that is meant to be solid that takes a lot of hits. 
if your faith is not solid, it means it is allowing things through. Which is the reason why we struggle in a lot of things. Because our faith, when, when I say your faith isn't strong, it means that your shield is weak. It means that your shield isn't up to standard. Keep building onto it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing. Your shield gets stronger and stronger the more that you hear. Did you get what I said? Okay. A lot of times we're thinking, oh, just can I get my little sermon on Sunday and then go from there. This is not enough. I, thank you for coming, but you need to keep listening. You need to come in order to tell yourself, I need to keep doing this. Once a week, you need a reminder at least. At least once a week. Okay, you need to be reminded that you need to do this. Because we, we seem to be doing what the world does and getting along. You, you're not meant to get along. Jesus said, I have come to give you life and life to the full. An abundant life. An overcoming life. A life that has on it more than a conqueror. Not always conquered. Okay, alright? And we need to go from always conquered to more than a conqueror. And family, it's never going to happen unless you, you have God talking to you. And you are walking in His will according to His word. Alright, let's, let's continue. You're kidding. Really? I'm not moved by what I see. No, okay. <laughs> We, we need to go a bit further. Alright. <laughs> Notice again from, from Hebrews 11.6, Without faith it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. That's the reason why Jesus says, Have faith in God. Or have the faith of God. In fact, it is both things. Have faith in God and have the faith of God. The Apostle Paul, that's why, went on to say that we do walk by faith, not by sight. Do you understand why now? Are you beginning to understand why we walk by faith, not by sight? Because a lot of things that happen is in a realm that we can't see. Not just the spirit realm, but the atomic world as well. There's stuff you can see and there's stuff you can't see. That's still in this world. <laughs> okay? You can't see Adam, but the thing is there. And it's, it is what everything is made up of. They're basically the building blocks, and there are other things too, but we won't go into that. But the thing that you need to understand is, there are, there are things in both realms you can't see. That's why we are to walk by faith, not by sight, because you start speaking to something, you start believing for something, you don't know on the atomic realm what's starting to change. Remember what happened? The very spot in Mark 11 that Jesus says, have faith in God, talks about the fig tree that dies from where? The roots. From where you can't see. From below the ground. The moment that he spoke, if they were able to see all the way down in the roots, I believe that the root began to die. But it hadn't reached the top yet. It took a, basically a night before it reached the top. So there are things on an atomic level that are starting to happen. You start to believe and receive, and it begins to change, but you can't see it. You walk by faith, not by sight. Now that happens on so many levels. Not everything is materialistic, so to speak. When you start believing for your bank account to start to increase, you just remember something, understand something. On a very tiny level, things begin to change. The moment you say something, unless God is a liar. And the Bible says God cannot lie. Which means that what you're seeing may be lying to you. Or the devil that is sitting on your shoulder, that is actually seeing into that microscopic world, is lying to you before it gets to the place where you can actually see it. 
Because then there is no stopping you. But if he can keep trying to fool you because only you, with your mouth, can stop it. And can I say this? Because things are going in the opposite direction, as soon as you stop, it goes backwards. It doesn't generally stay where it is. Because the enemy is constantly pushing back on things. And so, until it reaches a certain point where you see it, and then you destroy it once and for all and totally, while it has any life in it, it will start to revert. So when you're believing, don't stop till you get to the end. And that's why it says in 2 Corinthians 4.18, and hopefully this scripture will make more sense to you than it ever has before. While we look not, or do not look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary. Things that are not seen are eternal. Let me say this to you. If you can see it, if it is in this realm, it's changeable by something that you can't see in another realm. If that other realm doesn't intervene, it will remain the way it is in this realm. Not the same, because this realm is subject to decay. Things are always going in one direction or another. Have you noticed? It never stays the same. All things that you see are changeable. They they keep changing. Everything is subject to change. If you decide you want to change it. You decide if it's going to get better or worse. That's it. That's the decision you have to make. When something gets bad, you'll do one of two things. You'll either start talking about, Oh my God, look how bad it got. And it will get worse. Or you'll come against and say, In the name of Jesus, I rebuke this. And the devil will do everything to say, Oh, you're really stupid. You're talking to yourself. Look at you. You're talking to me there. Blah, 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 blah. Everything he can to stop you from doing what you need to do to change something that he's seeing begin to change. While we do not look at the things that are seen, but we are to look at what is not seen. The shield of faith only works when we refuse to allow what's on the outside to affect what we believe on the inside. Amen? Let's have every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll pick this up next week.